<clears throat> Hello, fine folks of the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, San Leandro, Castro Valley, Vallejo, Fairfield, San Bernardino, Kansas City, Poughkeepsie, LA County, Hawaii, New York, Honolulu, Paris, Brooklyn, Mr. Worldwide, Pitbull. That's how you kill a podcast in five seconds. <laughs> Mention anything related to pitbull. But hello, welcome to the under, un, uh, what, what are we underpaid and underqualified podcast. We've done this so long that we fucked up the title again. We had it going for a solid three or four episodes, but now we're back to square one. Don't but, don't love me with you. <laughs> it's not like we're doing the same podcast together or anything. Uh, but anyways, hey, my name is Vince. Uh, in case you forgot, been uh, been about a week since we last talked, and uh, here's my lovely co-anchor. Jaw. <laughs> Ma. <laughs> Who? I needed to qualify. There's so many jaws out there. Anyways. Uh, yeah. How's it going, Jaw? How's it going? How am I doing? Yes. I am doing okay, I guess. Why not? Uh, yeah, you seem like you're in good spirits. I've seen you better. I've seen you worse. I'm exhausted. I want to go to sleep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that that'd be a good focal point for an episode. The episode where you just fall asleep in that episode. That'll be, yeah, no, and the, or like you knock out or something like that, and then we both knock out for whatever reason, <laughs> and it's just recording, and it'll be funny if it was like we become famous, and it's actually live. That's actually, there is a podcast where, uh, it's called Doug's, you know Doug Benson? Do you know that is? Who the hell's Doug Benson? Stand-up no, comedian. He actually, he, uh, there was a movie, you know that super movie Super Size Me, obviously? Yes. He made a movie called Super High Me, where he just... Smoked weed a lot for a month and didn't really learn much. He just really got high the whole time. But he also has a podcast called Doug Loves Sleep, and it's literally just him sleeping, and he records it. And he actually posts it. So. I legitimately think that he's a weak-minded human being because he couldn't survive on McDonald's for a month. Oh, you mean the Super Size Me guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm talking about the comedian. Oh. Different guy. Different guy. Oh. No, just the fact that he has a podcast that he actually puts out where he just sleeps and records it. So it's literally just silence. You know. And you know what? It probably has more viewers than we have. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be surprised is because, like, he, people could probably play in the background to help them sleep. Like, ambient noise. Because some people are weird like that. Yeah. Screw him. Damn it. Yeah. I well, either way, he's more successful than us with a podcast about sleeping. So what does that tell us, Joe? Tells us we got to step it up. So we're going to do that. How was your week, Joe? <laughs> How was my week? All right, funny thing. I got a story to tell you. Okay, All so right. after our last week's recording, right? Yes. Um, because you live in the beautiful, beautiful city of Oakland, California. I think uh, parts of it are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, if you squint your eyes and in the right lighting. Anyways, uh, as I was driving... Burn. Um... This beautiful town where the roads are not really paved very well. I was at an intersection. Mm-hmm. So the one direction, there's stop signs. In the other direction, there's no stop sign. And so I'm like, all right, cool. I've got to wait for traffic to get through and make sure I don't accidentally like run and die, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with oncoming traffic because people here are not exactly the safest drivers. So, and, I'm, and then I see a girl on the corner. She's standing off the curb, so she's... Technically in the middle of the street. Or mm-hmm. on the street. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing very much clothes. And, and I was thinking... first sight. I was thinking, not that at all. I was thinking... <laughs> why is that bulge in her pants? Not that at all. I was not paying attention. I was just thinking, why is that girl standing in the middle of the street? Why is that bulge in my pants? <laughs> <laughs> why is she wearing so little? It's a Thursday night, so I guess it's Thursday, Thursday. She's probably going out clubbing. It was probably cold too, right? Yeah, it was a little chilly. And I Even was like weirder. What's going on, Ja? Yeah, and I was thinking, what is wrong? My innocent little mind was thinking, wow, I hope she finds her ride. I hope she's just waiting for an Uber. And then you thought, I could be her Uber. And then I thought, no, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be her Uber. Because it just occurred to me that she might have been a prostitute. And oh, I was like... snap! We need some sound effects. Dun, dun, dun! And then I was like... Oh, shoot. And so, like, I'm at the stop sign and also kind of looking for oncoming traffic. And so it wasn't, like, the easiest because, like, my, uh, what you call it? Um, my windows aren't exactly the cleanest. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, I think I see a car coming. But also this girl is standing on the curb and I can't really see on the other side. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, this is great. And so I kind of was stuck there. And so she thinks that I'm looking for her. Hmm. So she decides to be... 
to, to basically make the move. I guess fulfill her duties to make her come over. She sees an opportunity. She She saw an opportunity. Sure. Yeah. She thinks you're making the move. She thinks you're making the signal. You might as well be flashing your high beams at her for a second, like, "Hey, girl, what's up?" Yeah, I think she was waiting for that to be honest. But um, (laughs) and then she came over, and I was like, "Oh hell no!" (laughs) Um, You got a closer look. Not so pretty. I was actually. She was like hiding, kind of like behind the frame of my car, like you know, the right side. Yeah. Yeah, so I really didn't get a good look at her, and I was trying to look at my left side, mm-hmm. because now she's not on the street, I can, like, better see the right side. Mm. I'm thinking, okay, cool. Definitely no cars coming. Wait, left side, I think I see headlights. I can't tell. <laughs> but she's also there, and I'm trying to wave, like, no, 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 thank you, bye. And... Stay away. And I'm like, stranger danger. And I'm like, okay, sweet, no cars. And I just kind of book it, because I'm like, I don't want this to be any more awkward than it needs to be. <laughs> Did she say anything to you? I have my windows up, so if she did, she said it very quietly, and it didn't permeate through my windows. So it was almost like she just, like, was making the motion of walking up to you, and you're like, oh, no! No, she came up to my car, and I'm pretty sure she was touching it. <laughs> oh, okay. Did she seem, like, nice? Did she seem, like, kind of scary with her? Like, she actually would I mean, to, like, she didn't pull out a butterfly knife or a shiv. I was just like, oh. All right, cool. Well, that happened. I'm going to go home now. Where it's safe. Dude, why don't you lean into the awkwardness of that situation? Just get a good story out of it. This is a good story, but just imagine if you would have kept talking to her. <laughs> Start negotiating and just be like, all right, bye. <laughs> Can I Venmo you? <laughs> you take Venmo. <laughs> I thought, I actually, on the way home, I was thinking, well, I don't have, I don't carry cash on me ever because, yeah. like, who carries cash nowadays unless you're going to a cash-only, like, Chinese restaurant. Um, and so I was like, well, I don't have cash. What if she took, like, Facebook or Venmo pay? <laughs> That's got to be a thing. I mean, without... I mean, it is the oldest profession, right? It means it's been around for a long time. It's got to adapt, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to yeah. stick with the times. And Venmo is the most convenient way to pay. It is. At least I think. Not but, the safest, uh, but... Yeah, anyways. Yeah, I had a similar situation once. I told... I think I briefly mentioned it with your story, but... Uh, well, for our faithful, faithful 11 listeners... Yeah, we're stepping it up. One episode... One listener per episode, right? That's how it works. By the time we get to 52, we'll have 52 up. Listeners. Yeah. And we say that because we've had to show it to uh, each member of our family. And I think we're at our max, right? We don't have any more family members. Uh, no, 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 no. no. All right. So we're, 11's a solid number. I think we could say there. It's double digits. 11, 11. Um, it's a good number. But, yeah. So one time I was in San Francisco and I was walking uh, close to the Powell Art Station. And then... <clears throat> good old Powell. It's kind of like, you ever, like, walk through a busy, like, crowded street, and you can tell somebody, at, like, peripherally, you can tell somebody's about to, like, try to sell you something, and you, like, feel it coming, and you try to avoid it, like, when you walk up to them. Yes. So I got that vibe a little bit with, like, somebody, like, she kept, like, kind of, like, out of the corner of her eye looking at me, and I, like, had nowhere else to go, because I just had one street that I had to go down, there wasn't a way to avoid it, so it was, like, no way to avoid it, and then she was just like, hey, she was like, where are you going? I was like, Bart, <laughs> and she's like, what time's that close? I was like, 12. And it was like 11, and she was like, you got time? And I was like, have a good night. <laughs> that was our interaction. Wait, did you realize, like, who that was? Like, Oh, I knew, the whole, yeah, the whole time. I mean, she had, like, a le- like leather jacket, super, super uh, short shorts, like, high, way too high heels. And, was like, she attractive? Same, eh. Did you have a bulge? I mean, <laughs> she had a bulge for all I knew. I don't know, she just looked Now, did you basic. have a bulge? I always have a bulge, Ja. That's just how I roll. I'm not sure saying I think she already knows. Never mind. Well, let's go in a direction I don't want to go down. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, that's how our weeks have been. We're just talking about prostitute experiences we had. <laughs> good times, good times. You know what else I did this past week? Huh? Watched an amazing movie. Oh, I think I might have seen that same movie. I could be wrong. Wait, what was it? Three, two, and one. Uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> Starship Troopers and an Inconvenient Truth. That's what we're going to talk about this episode. Are you watching an Inconvenient Truth? Why not? It's the most fun movie. Wait, the best mo- It's for sure the best movie to Netflix and chill to. Everyone knows. Did you actually really watch it this no. past week? Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw it in freshman year of high school, actually. That was the uh, last time I saw it. I saw it probably... Did I say freshman year of high school? What the fuck? Freshman year of biology. Oh, uh, I don't remember what I saw. I saw it at some point, actually. Anyways, we saw Joker. That's what yeah, we Joker. Saw. That's the movie. We saw. <laughs> okay, so real quick, what Joker is is basically the ascension and creation of and the conception of the Joker persona, but they did their own version of it because Joker technically does not have an, a real actual origin, origin. story. He just yeah. kind of is there. You just 
That's part of his mystique. You don't know how he came to be. You don't know, like, why he's the way he is. At least in the comics, that's how it is. Oh, uh, yeah. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, so there are, like, occasional... Everyone, you know comics, there's so many of them, everyone's got different takes on characters. Yeah, and so, like, Joker's existence is basically the antithesis of Batman, where Batman is law and order, no killing, and Joker is... Anarchy, chaos. He's, his, he's the opposite. Yeah, so they exist for each other, almost. And, yeah, heaven and hell, yin yeah. and yang, peanut butter jelly. Salt and pepper. <laughs> Pussy and dick, I don't know. Toilet paper facing the right way. I can't think of another one. Anyways, so, yeah, so now, everything from here on, okay, so, movie was great, we do recommend it, it's Oscar worthy. <clears throat> First, because we never say this, there's gonna be a lot of spoilers. It's no, great. no, this is our initial impression. And initial then we'll say spoilers. Okay, well, there's gonna be spoilers later, anyway, yeah, so we'll so say our initial impression. Get this out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Um... Alright, what'd you think, Joe? What would you rate it? Scale 1 to 10. Or grade. Whichever. Wait, is this a spoiler part or is this not the spoiler not part? Not the spoiler, it's initial impressions. Uh, don't initial. you follow rules, Joe? We just established. I don't know. I, I After <laughs> I, everything I, I just said, I was like done. But, um... <laughs> Call it a night. Um, yeah. So, I give okay. it probably a... I'd probably give it a 9. 9? Nine. A 9. Out of 90? 10? A uh, 10, but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd give it an 8. Well, here's the thing. I always have a hard time rating things because I feel like you can rate them in terms of your own personal enjoyment, what you like. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> and you can rate it like on terms of like objective movie. So as an objective movie, like trying to be non-biased, I'd give it an 8 for what it was, you know? So Sure. I, uh, I don't know. Overall, I thought there were pros, but... It, I, my thing is, I think I came into it with too many expectations, and that's never good for like a movie like this. It's always good to go blank slate. And uh, there's a few. The execution wise, it was a little bit different in a few areas than I would have preferred for like a the movie I was kind of hoping for. So I think really just my expectations kind of messed it up a bit. But I still enjoyed it, and I think it's it's got a lot of depth to it. I guess you could say it's a very timely movie for 2019. Would you agree? It's got layers, like an onion. I think you should talk like that every moment of this podcast. Yeah, I'm not tired enough to do that consistently. Right. Um, yeah, so my opinion is that I think objectively it's a wonderful movie. I think it's it it should be up for like an Oscar kind of thing. It's like it's one of those kind of movies, right? Um, really? Wow, I wouldn't go that far, but in my opinion, some people, a lot of people have been saying the same thing actually. So. I have borrowed that Logan did not win a movie, <laughs> anyways. So like screen adaptation. Come on, give me that. But um. And Black Panther, I'm just annoyed that Black Panther of all the movies wasn't. I really don't care about Black Panther. Exactly, that's why I'm annoyed that it was nominated. Of all the like superhero movies that have been nominated, we're going down another rabbit hole. But yeah, we're not going there. Anyways, so yeah, <laughs> so that's my opinion. But then I don't think it's a very good comic book superhero movie. So like, if you're going to a movie theater to expect uh, <clears throat> Superman, Batman, whatever kind of thing, yeah, or Marvel. Like this is not Marvel. Yeah, it's this not a big not, spectacle. This it's, ain't your Zack Snyder thing. This ain't none of that. This is. Gritty. It's real. It's, it's it's art. It's it's a psychological thriller. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what I believe, and I think it's a very good movie. And that's if you critique it that way, but if you critique it as a comic book movie, oh yeah, no, that's like a, maybe a four or five. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. At least in my mind, I feel like not many people went into it expecting like a Marvel Avengers, you know, Zack Snyder big budget DC movie. I think. I feel like they were pretty clear in the advertising. It was a more gritty, like, the way I kind of thought I of it. I think you'd be surprised still some people still hold out and do have those expectations. For sure. There's always going to be those people, but at least from my reaction so far, most people seemed on, like, to understand, excuse me, what they were going for. And, um, ah, gotta love that sparkling passion fruit LaCroix water. Make There's it. your sound effects. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think... Like, the, the impression that I got going into it, it felt like a Martin Scorsese movie that just happened to use characters from the Batman universe. Are you aware who that is, Jeff? <laughs> I don't know who, I've heard that name so much, and I'm just like, alright, what, what are his movies? Uh, Goodfellas? Have you seen that? No. You haven't seen Goodfellas? Dude, no. Gotta see it. Um, Shutter Island? Wolf of Wall Street? The Departed, yes. Which Wolf of Wall Street? Which Wolf of Wall Street? Oh, the new one? Yeah, I saw that. Departed. There's, there's two? <laughs> I only know one. Leonardo. Oh, I'm thinking of the uh, thing of the uh, what's the other one? Uh, Wall Street, in general. Uh, the big sick. I don't know. No, no, no. Uh, uh, I've seen Casino. I've seen Shutter Island. Departed. Wolf on Wall Street. Yeah, there you go. All his movies. Uh, so his, basically, his movies are very gritty, like drum. Uh, 
Can you did Shark Tale? I don't know. <laughs> I like how of all the movies, that's the one that really draws your attention. Because <laughs> it's it doesn't like fit all the other. Wait, is that a kids movie? Yeah. Oh, I think I did hear about that. Yeah, but um. I'm sure, why not? No, but yeah, he's. He's known as one of the greatest directors directors of our time. He's very like gritty, like he's the type of guy that really cap like imagine New York, imagine Brooklyn, imagine Manhattan. He captures what it's like to live there in like the most epic way. He does a lot of movies with like mobsters and gangsters, like Robert De Niro. Um, and he has thoroughly convinced me never moved to New York because that sounds awful. <laughs> Have you been there? Yeah, once as a tourist. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to live there, but for two days, sure, New York's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, New York does not impress me. I'm sorry to our listeners in New York, wherever you may be. <laughs> Dude, yeah, if we no. had anyone listening who wasn't in California, I would be shocked and amazed. I'd be blessed. I, I would <laughs> legitimately feel blessed. Anyway, so yeah, so that's our spoiler-free review of the movie. Yeah. Also, fun fact, just What's throw in there. Did you know the director is the same guy that did the Hangover trilogy? Yeah, I think someone told me that. Yeah, Todd Phillips. Well, and he, that's another thing, but he basically said straight up he doesn't do comedies anymore because people get too offended. <laughs> He's like, you go try to be funny with the woke culture out nowadays. Like, he literally basically said, like, those exact, like, that term with the woke culture. That's why he doesn't do comedies anymore. Homie's got a point. Amen. I, I just like that it's like sparking so much like critique. Like some people are like, hell yeah, you're so right. Some people are like, no, um, actually, you don't have to be a dick to be funny. And can you make? Can you be a comedian? Exactly. Like I saw Dave Chappelle's like. Well, some comedians have said that. Some comedians have disagreed with them. Well, Even a guy who was in the movie disagreed with them. You remember uh, Robert De Niro's agent, Mark yeah. Maron, yeah. with the beard. He's a comedian. He's like publicly been like, yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> like which which one? Like I saw like Dave Chappelle's. Um, it's a part of his show. Sticks and Stones? Uh, whatever's the newest one on Netflix. Yeah, um, that's it. And so some of those jokes, I'll say, yeah, I can laugh at that. But I'm like, you make that joke now, but I feel like maybe like 10, 20 years down the line, you might be called racist for making those same jokes. Oh, he was called, yeah, I mean, he got a lot of flack for it this, like, these days now. Too. Oh, did he really? Oh, I didn't oh you didn't that. hear about that? No. Yeah, dude, so much like, uh, like controversy about his newest special. Yeah, and so, like so many people like praise him. But on the flip side, it's like, well, you brought to light. They condemned him. And so I kind of agree with the, what's the director's name? Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. <laughs> no, this woke culture, nothing is funny anymore. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I dude, I remember like. Because there's snowflakes. <laughs> I remember like just the like first trailer like of The Hangover. Just one of the first jokes I remember within like the first 15 seconds of the trailer. And just that joke right off the bat wouldn't fit nowadays. Like, do you remember the. Scene when they're picking up uh, Stu, the dentist at Helms. Oh, dentist and like the paging, yeah, like paging Doctor Faggot, like, he, like right off the bat that would not fly. Like, yeah, yeah, two, like twenty fifteen plus that wouldn't fly. Yeah, back then. I mean, I remember seeing that as a kid all the time, and nobody got butt hurt. Like, yeah, maybe same thing, dude. Even <laughs> it's, it's crazy looking back at certain movies. Like I was watching, like you ever seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? No, but I've heard about it. It's Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. Keanu Reeves before he was Keanu Reeves. You know, it was like when he was just, dude, what's up, man? You know, like, yeah. like just a stoner, pothead, kind of lovable Keanu Reeves. Yeah. He, now he's like badass, I'll fucking murder you, and I love dogs. Lovable Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, basically there's a moment in the movie where the two characters, like, hug each other because they're happy to be alive, and then after they're just like, they, like, react, they're like, oh, crap, we just hugged each other, and they're like, fag, and like, that was the 80s, <laughs> like, all you have to do is one fucking, like, a-hole on Twitter, just like retweet that moment from the movie and Keanu Reeves is not going to have to like issue an apology, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's silly, so that goes back to the James Bond. Anyways, before we digress, now, spoiler alert, this is where we get to the nitty-gritty about Joker. The gritty of the nitty. Yep, we're going to talk about uh, detailed stuff, so. Gosh, you're you're lame. Anyways. <laughs> I'm lame? It's a gritty nitty or something. <laughs> that was dumb. Anyways. <laughs> Coming from a guy who doesn't have the balls to get a prostitute. Anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't want an STD or an STI. That's why you use a condom. I feel like you're still getting a disease. Or crabs. Anyways, um... That goes away. Anyways, so... <laughs> so, Speaking pros and cons experience. of this movie. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, Joker. Uh, what, what do you have to say, Vince? It seems like you have more to say about this topic than I do. Well, if we're just getting, like, detailed about it, so... Just to give an overview of the movie, so it's... They already have the overview of the movie. No, the, the actual plot, I mean, besides that. Um, 
Like, you st- when you first meet this guy, he's, like, okay, so the Joker. As everyone knows, the Joker is, like, one of the most iconic, like, villains of comic book and movie. And Heath Ledger, you know, one of the most iconic portrayals. So, he's often known as, like, a criminal mastermind. Like, the guy who, like, it looks totally insane and, like, will freak you out. But at the same time is super smart and tactical and knows how to, like, wire a bomb in a building. And, like, just, like, knows shit about knives and grenades and weapons and etc. And how to, like, pull off a heist just for fun. This was exactly the opposite. He was a guy who never held a gun before. He was just a... He just... Imagine being on BART and there's the weird guy in the corner that you don't want to talk to because he's really creepy and just looks weird and something's not quite right with him. That's who this guy was. He uh, was an outcast. He mentally had some issues. He just, like, made you uncomfortable when you're around him type of thing. And, uh, yeah, so basically you're watching him just one mentally unstable guy get a gun and start, like doing some weird stuff to, like, select people rather than the Dark Knight's version of the Joker, which was, like, an insane sociopath who just gets off on pulling these insanely large crime heists and just watching the worst in people and, like, bringing about the worst in people. So I guess I might have been biased because I've been so, like, spoiled with that Joker that I kind of thought that was going to happen. Like, you'll see this big criminal mastermind, but instead it was just, like, one mentally unstable guy. And that's fine because that's what they're going for. So that's why I say objectively... It was a good movie, but, like, personally, that's why I was kind of hoping for the big criminal mastermind thing. So that was my first point. So let me qualify that statement, uh, your point. All right. And the reason why... So I do agree with you that it was very hard to see where the Joker was coming from, especially from, like, the original source material. Because even throughout the comics, Joker has always been that character where it's like, I am this chaotic mess, but no matter what, it doesn't seem like I have a plan. But I'm going to figure out something. And yeah. it's going to be the most diabolical thing ever. So, like, so the most renowned comic books, such as Killing Joke, that I always mention. Um, and even, like, the most recent, um, uh, the Batman Who Laughs. Joker always had, like, this master plan, and it always took a while to figure it out. Because you're just think, figuring out from the point of a, the point of view of a, a, an insane person. And so, the reason why I would say, like, this is not definitely the movie. And over time, when you watch this movie, you kind of do see him adapt. So throughout this movie, there's a there's kind of like this hidden agenda, this hidden political uh, statement of like society is very divided right now with the poor and the rich, and um, there's a lot of discontent. And Especially also the idea that like attitudes towards people can like cause mental illness in a weird way, or cause like lead to a lot of like destructive behavior in people. Yeah, there's that too. But uh, so but anyway, so like towards the end of the movie, you see the Joker basically to a degree, actually manipulating the crowd, or at least using it to his advantage. So, like, you're taking a guy who has never held a gun, doesn't even know anything, can barely talk straight without, like, something happening, right? Like, barely getting his point across. And kind of have these weird little, like, uh, movements and such. Yeah, quirks. But, yeah, quirks, perfect. Quirks. But at the end of it, you see him, like, being able to hide in a crowd, being able to adapt in that way, being able to, um... Uh, like, at the end, so, like, throughout this movie, up until the very last scene, it was just him slowly, slowly becoming the Joker, and being, for him, actually finding some enjoyment in killing people, and that's the Joker, is that he finds humor and bliss and happiness killing people and smashing their faces in, um, and so, which is why it's, like, I know some people may be upset with the whole... Oh, yeah, no, this is not the Joker. This has nothing to do with, like, the comic books, let alone, like, cartoon and anything that Heath Ledger or Jack Nicholson, like, left behind, right? Yeah. Um, or Mark Hamill. Yeah, that probably in the cartoon. Anyways, Mark <laughs> Hamill, great voice. Yes. But, um, yeah, no, so this movie, up until the very last moment, is just his ascension. So you really cannot go in this movie knowing, like, assume that it's going to be a comic book. No, this is... The entire thing of Killing Joke, for people who know Killing Joke, but that happens in 24 hours. No, this happens in, let's say, about a month. It's literally his movie in the sense that literally every single scene. There's not one scene, I don't think, where he's not in it, you know? Not actually now trying to recall if there's actually one scene without him. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, anyway, it's really just his movie. It makes sense. Called Joker. But, no, I get that. I, uh... I also think... He, uh, one, one other thing that kind of, I guess this was kind of a critique, but it's also something you could kind of respect depending on how you look at it. 
But you know the type of twist, the, the classic twist you see in movies where what you saw wasn't actually real, it was just somebody imagining it, you know? Well, that's a trope. Yeah, especially yeah. in um, psychological thrillers, they really play with your emotions, you know, like your typical Fight Club type of thing. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Fight Club. Um, but, it was uh, all in his head. Yeah, so in this one... It was all in his head. Some of it, that's the thing. So, like, so, we're talking about spoilers now, so... It's Zazie Beats, who is uh, in Deadpool 2, um, has a really cool name, Zazie Beats. Who doesn't love saying Zazie Beats? What the hell is Zazie Beats? She's the chick, the, remember? The chick in the movie, the black chick. Domino? Yeah, Domino. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was in Deadpool 2 as Domino. So anyways, yeah, so she plays a mom, like, who lives down the hall from... That's her? Jesus, how fucking loud was that? <laughs> you want to be louder? <laughs> I don't think our viewers do. <laughs> But, uh, no, um, I like the surprise. No, you didn't notice that? No. Sassy Beats? You know how familiar I am with actors and actresses, right? Oh, you do see a lot of movies. Yeah, no. She was wearing makeup and had a freaking fro in one movie, and this one, she's a you don't watch living in Gotham. You don't watch Atlanta, I take it? No, what the hell is Atlanta? Donald Glover show? No. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, basically, Sassy Beats as, uh... I'm missing a supernatural season premiere for this. <laughs> Missing a lot. Um, yeah, Zazie Beats. So she played the, uh, kind of down the hall from where the Joker character lived. She lived, she was like a single mother. And in the movie, you see her, she's like the one character besides his mom who's like nice to him and kind of like showing a, like, a little bit of affection for him. And like, it's kind of weird. You don't know why, like, why she's just like randomly not seeing his quirks they and how, up. yeah, how weird he looks. And, um, yeah, then he, Basically, like, kills somebody one night and then comes home and has, like, all this confidence and just makes out with her and it's implied that they bang and that they're dating for a while and whatnot. And then randomly, the super subtle, but, like, in another scene in the movie, he comes to her apartment and he's sitting in her apartment and then she has this reaction of, like, oh, she's like, your name's Arthur, right? You live down the hall, which gives the impression that they've never met. So then... It's basically, he kind of replays everything that you've seen of the, like, moments of them together, and it basically just says that none of that happened, it was all in his head. But, so, that's kind of cool on its own, but I feel like it just wasn't orchestrated super well, in that it was, like, super clear about that. They just kind of, like, pulled the rug under you just for the sake of doing it. It wasn't like it was done in a really, like, smart way. And it also, when you do it like that, I kind of get that it's, like, adds a lot of mystery to, like, what is really real? Like, is anything that, like, we're seeing in this movie actually happening? Or is it just, like, the Joker's skewed interpretation? Like, do you remember, like, the beginning of the movie when he's, like, kind of a nice guy? And, like, like he's like, oh, I don't need a gun. Oh, it's totally fine. Like, was he actually nice? Or, like, did the guy actually give him a gun? You know? Like, maybe he, like, or always had the gun himself, and then he purposely tried to blame the guy. It's, like, it's hard to tell what was real, I guess. You know? It's hard to tell what was objective and what was actually in his brain. I mean, there's two reasons for that, right? The, the reason, one of the reasons I think I think it was a good idea to pull it under the rug immediately is because the point of this is that like all it takes is having a bad day, having a bad life to become this. Um, I like how you went from having a bad day, having a bad life. Bro, like, it, it, which one, Ja? Bad day or bad life? Well, I was alluding to Killing Joke because Killing Joke was one day because it uh, okay. was, all it takes is one bad day. Oh, okay. That's the point of that entire movie. And that was the origin story of the Joker? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it was a different name. Failed comedian. Anyways. That's kind of what this was, for the most part. Yeah, it, that's why I said. So it's, or I was telling my brother this, actually. He's like, Killing Joke was one bad day. And to be honest, it's a little bit difficult to wrap around one bad day, especially for some people who've had them, unless it's been a really bad day, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so this one, this movie is stretched out in a few weeks. Months. Let's say a few weeks. Oh. Yeah, maybe sure. a month. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. They didn't really specify. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's good that they pulled it under the rug, the whole, like, did this happen for real or not, when he realized, oh, this girl that I totally imagined that I had sex with, uh, yeah, no, that never happened. And those dates that I went with her, no, that never happened. And I think uh, it's, a, it's all part of the whole, my world just came crashing down all at once when it was initially perfect. And that's, I think, what it takes for a lot of people to... Sometimes for a lot of people to just snap. Uh, either all of it to come crashing down immediately, or all of it just slowly wearing out the person. Yeah. And so, like, what this movie, I think, was doing both was, I'm going to wear you down in a family way, and your own support pillar was this imaginary girlfriend. And that was, like, the last pillar that didn't, like, tumble, 
mm-hmm. but it came crashing down immediately. Yeah. And that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, That's a very good point, and I agree. I think, actually, I, I'd say that might not necessarily have been the last. I also think the moment when... Uh, oh, uh, Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah, when Robert De Niro made fun of him. That might have, like, fully done it. But, uh, what was I going to say? So, that's a good point. I think my main... I like, I like, like, when they do twist, like, do that trope where they twist the expectations of, like, did that actually happen? Was it imagined? I do like that. I just think the way it was done wasn't super skillfully done. It just kind of felt, like, random. And I get that, but, like, you know in Fight Club, like, when you look back on the movie, or, like, Sixth Sense, when you look back on the movie, Bruce Willis's interactions with, like, other people, or, like, uh, Brad Pitt's interactions with other people, like, you look back on them, and you can tell the whole time that they, like, make it so it was legit that the person wasn't really there. Like, I feel like you didn't really have that here. It was just, like, nothing. It was completely plausible that all that stuff could happen. If there was, like, little hints of, like, this, like, hints that it wasn't real, and hints that, like... He, uh, like, was imagining her. Which there could be. Maybe I just didn't notice him. I just, like, I don't know. That's why I just thought it could have been done a little bit better. And it kind of leaves you thinking, like, well, what part of the movie I saw was real? And that kind of takes me out of it a little bit. I mean, that's, I think, well, for Sixth Sense and for, like, Fight Club, right? That's the premise of it. It's literally dual personality and, like, you're, okay, so, well, um, (laughs) for Fight Club, it's dual personality, right? Yeah. Who is who? For the point of, uh, Sixth Sixth Sense, Sense, it's, like, am I dead or not? Yeah. Like, you're, you're, you're fighting with yourself. Yeah. But for this one, it's a matter of my ascension to become evil. That's the point of this movie. So that's why, like, uh, I don't think you necessarily need to think too hard about it. But there is a fan theory of, in the beginning, uh, you see the Joker, or Arthur Fleck, mm-hmm. banging his head in an asylum. Just banging his head. And so there's a fan theory on Reddit that people assume, like, all of this was in his head as he's in the asylum. I've heard that too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to think that wasn't it just because it seems too easy. And I get that the point of the movie is an ascension and madness, but at the same time, the point of the movie is also showing how mad he is. So by that, they could have showed it by like making it more clear what he imagined and what was actually real, at least. But that's just my take. Again, it's a subjective thing. But uh, I don't know. Another point. Uh, did you have another point you want to bring up, Jeff? All right, so my, ba- my point, my like biggest issue with this entire movie not enough boobs. I agree. No, this is so <laughs> petty, but I'm going to say it anyways. His dancing. <laughs> the entire... T- so, like, if y'all seen the memes, you see the Spider-Man... Uh, y'all? Damn, you get a picture here, Jeff. What'd you call it? From, uh... uh Spider-Man memes? No, no, no. What's the original director for Spider-Man? Oh, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, Sam so Raimi. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Spider-Man the, 3, the yeah, dance. The, the dance, dance. The yeah. evil dance thing. And then you have, in this version, Joker dancing on the staircase. Um, but the thing is that throughout the movie he does like kind of weird little dances and it's just awkward and so for me it's that like it really displaces this from the original Joker cause Joker's supposed to be well not, well, not to say he's supposed to be but it was just okay I can't see you being a crazy madman pathological liar slash uh, manipulator slash whatever right Yeah, I can't imagine this like it was just really awkward and it didn't fit well to me. That's why. That's what I think. True. And that was my biggest issue with this entire <laughs> damn movie. I actually, Every time he danced, I'm just like, stop. Just I, stop. That's funny. I don't know. I thought his dancing was alright. I Actually, the way I interpret it is like, I mean, he kind of fluctuated a lot where he had moments where he just looked certifiably just like the weirdest, most socially awkward dude. And he had moments where he like, when, usually whenever he killed someone, he seemed pretty confident for the next day. Do you notice that? Like, uh, kind of fluctuated between really the two. I do okay. know that he like let the midget go. Yeah, like, and he's the, the reason was you you were good to me, so I'm gonna let you go. So like, at that point, it's he's still Arthur Fleck. He has not become the Joker yet, and so, like for me, it was like, oh, he's a Joker now. No, well, that's no, no, funny. He's not the Joker. Yet. I interpreted he's a, a Joker different. now. I actually thought he was the Joker when he killed his mom. <laughs> no, I'm like I don't know. If you kill your mom, I don't. I don't See you coming back. I feel like his ascension didn't fully take place until at the very end, where he was laid down on the car, and he was brought back, and he and he stood up, and then finally embraced the crowd. That's a good point. I think that was the moment where Joker was born. There was up until of, then was the whole conception of it. There was a lot of turning points for that too. Yeah, he. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's. I think that's another thing that. 
like it's really drawn people to the movies. Like people are drawn to like transformations. Like that's why Breaking Bad was so famous because uh, it was all just watching like a chemistry. I am the man who knocks. Yeah, exactly. Watching an average chemistry teacher like slowly descend into like the biggest antagonist, like most intimidating, scary. Maybe I should watch Breaking Bad. You never seen it? Uh, I gave up after. Actually, I even give it a try. I was just too lazy to try. (laughs) Five seasons could be worse. Yeah, but uh, they got a new movie coming out tomorrow, actually. Yeah. Related it's not to the Breaking Bad spinoff. It's about weed. Nah, not, not at all. What was it about? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't want to tell you. I think they changed the drug. It's about Jesse, you know, Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman? Yeah. Yeah, it's basically what happens to him after the show. No, anyways. Yeah. You should watch the show, though. Cool. If you like Joker, I can see you also like Breaking Bad, because there is a similarity of, like, watching a person gradually change. But like Hannibal. Yeah, I still gotta watch it. But we're getting sidetracked. Um, <laughs> what was it? My next point. Oh, okay. I actually feel kind of confident at this point, Joe. Let's see if I can qualify it. <laughs> what does that mean, qualify? To make it kind of like, let me show you, let me present the opposite argument okay. to make it into the movie. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, people are fucking mean. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just my privileged youth and upbringing. But I feel like in the movie... I was, I guess, going into it, I was looking for, like, a very realistic portrayal of human nature and, like, something you could walk away from that, like, tells you something about the world and portrays it in a way that makes you think and inspires you to kind of change your day-to-day and, like, change the way you look at people and whatnot. And I, I kind of took me out of it. It didn't feel super realistic just because, like, it's hard to imagine people being that mean. Like, the first scene, like, he's a clown outside of a store holding a sign for, like, discounts or going out of business. Three kids run and steal a sign. I'm just thinking, what what kids for fun just randomly steal a fucking going out of business sign and, like, sprint running away while the clown chases them? Like, just, like th- what part of that is fun? Like, if you just want to be a dick just for, like, being a dick's sake, like, even if you're, like, just in a mode where you want to fuck with people, like, what, is that part even fun? Like, there's so many more, like, other rebellious shit you could do that's actually fun. And, like, the scene when he uh, commits his first, like, kind of, like, like, first movement into the Joker where he kills somebody, he's uh, on a train, and there are these three drunk, like, frat, like, really rich, suburban-looking guys who are, um, like, harassing... What's that? Wall Street. Yeah, who are harassing a girl a little bit, and then the Joker... Also, another tidbit, he has a thing where he has a tick where his laugh, um, he can't stop laughing sometimes, and it's actually, like, he'll laugh when he's in pain, so he kind of has that happen... And then the three kids come over, and they're just like, what you laughing at? And they start harassing him, like, and actually just, like, start to pick him up and punch him just because he's laughing. It's like, would people really, like, just because you're laughing uncomfortably, like, three of the most, like, polished suburban-looking guys, like I said, working on Wall Street, would they just, like, because you're laughing on a train, beat you up? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's like, at least nowadays, maybe it was different in the 70s and 80s, I don't know. But, I don't know. It seemed, it just seemed like... Every person he met was the biggest fucking dick. <laughs> and, like, it's hard to believe that that, like, I don't know, that that's accurate. So, I don't know, it kind of took me... If it was done in a way where there are nice people and there's just, like, exceptionally bad people sometimes, and those exceptionally bad people were the ones that had this effect on them that really excluded them, then I could see it, I guess, a little bit more. But it just felt like it was too slanted and just, like, people are just, like, fucking me. Okay, so with the kids being dicks, yeah, I can definitely see that, especially in Oakland. But kids that look like that. So if you were laughing on a train, oh, wait, 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 uh, no, okay, those are adults. It's a little different. Um, so I'm talking. Well, about... They were adults in the movie. Wait, what? Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about so the instance of kids taking the sign. I could definitely oh, see that. Sorry, that's what I'm talking no, about. No, I'm talking about that. So because, okay. like, for example, like you know Bart. I mean, if you heard, uh, it was like I think one or two years ago where a bunch of kids stormed. Uh, a couple bar trains, uh, mugged people, and actually people came out with injuries because they assaulted them straight up. Yeah. For their uh, possessions. Yeah. And so I, I can absolutely see that, especially with Gotham, because Gotham right now is a poor area. Oakland is a city that's being gentrified with a lot of low income people, and I can definitely. And these are kids. They're kids, but that's these like- are kids that happen. So like, I can definitely absolutely see in a poor area where they see, oh. I'm bored, I have nothing better to do, and life, and I'm just going to go at it, because I have really nothing better to do. That's a little different than what I'm saying, though. What I'm saying is, yes, there will will always be, like, kids who would, like, are fucking shit up just for the sake of fucking shit up, but in this case, like, 
it just was hard to believe that kids, like, would have fun stealing a sign and, like, actually, like, of all the ways that you could rebel and do something, like, mean to somebody, like, I don't see any benefit of, like, stealing a sign. And it wasn't just that. It was the fact that there was a million moments of things like that where people, like, went out of their way to be dicks. So it was hard to... And, like, the people that were doing the action didn't even look, like, convincing, like, like people... Like, the people that the Joker ended up killing in that scene, um, what you call it, like, they, they don't look like the typical people that would actually just pick fights because you're laughing at people. So that part, I don't know, maybe they, they were trying to say a message of, like, anyone could be a bad person and it doesn't matter what you look like, but, I don't know, I just felt like it was a little slanted in the sense of, like, like, everybody, like, being a dick to Arthur. But it could be the way he's interpreting it, too, maybe, I don't know. The way I see it is basically just a human condition, right? Because then you're sure. right, there's definitely going to be some people that actually do care. So, for example, the state nurse or whatever that he was saying as a therapist. Yeah. Um, and he criticized. So, he was saying a state nurse, and he criticized her in her last session saying, you don't listen. You don't care about me. But at the end, she she showed a moment that she actually did care because she was just trying to do her best uh, to really help out Arthur Flack clash the Joker. And the thing is that she at the end, she did say something. She said, the the people, the state, or the government, they don't give a shit about us. Yeah, it's weird. Actually. And so, that's the thing, is that I, the thing is that, I feel like some people do try to help, but they can only help so much. Um, that's funny. I actually didn't interpret that as her caring. I just interpret it as her as, like, I give up. I used to care. And nobody gives a shit, so fuck you, because nobody gives a shit about me, so fuck this. No, yeah, it's... I think for her, it was her way of sim- empathizing. Is empathizing... Sh- Meaning that, like, I understand where you're coming from because I'm in the same boat. That could be. That's, yeah. So, I guess that's another good thing about this movie is there's so much shit that's up for interpretation like this. You know, the shit we're discussing? Yeah. So, like, for that is that, you know, she really gave up. I think she did genuinely give up her job. But then with Arthur, when Arthur gave the whole spiel about, you don't care about me. And she's saying, they don't care about me either. They don't care about us. So it's kind of like, get over it. But she's also, the way I saw it was, she's empathizing still. Because, like, yeah, no, I'm going through it, too. It's not easy. Yeah, that and could be. And this whole world is just that messed up. Because, I mean, that's that's the point of, like, Gotham, right? Because Gotham is supposed to be... Um, actually, I read... Dump. No, I read, I read a panel. So the reason why people still live in Gotham is that it, it still brings economic wealth. And apparently the nightlife is amazing. But, um... Is Gotham actually a place? No. But it's portrayed as basically <laughs> the way you keep talking about it. I thought oh, it I mean, was... I'm I'm, I'm basing it off the comics that are. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. gotcha. And the thing is that also with all the supervillains that do come out from Gotham, they're all psychologically messed up, and that's the point. Is that like Gotham is just a cesspool that breeds because it's the worst of humankind. Yeah. And all these people that are dicks, which I disagree with you that like, oh, it's not possible. It's, I think it's possible because let's say like. If one, like, layer of that, of human ethics or morality is gone, mm-hmm. a person can be pushed to do a lot. Yeah. For personal gain, for personal entertainment, or whatever. And so that's why I thought, let's say that you didn't have, let's say that you could commit a crime and nobody would know. Would you commit that crime? You would know Eventually for a fact. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, to some degree, you would commit a crime that you normally wouldn't. Yeah. And so, like... Yeah, so the three guys that um, assaulted Arthur on the train, the Wall Street boys, rap uh-huh. boys, they assaulted him after the woman left the cart, right? So they know no one's watching. They know that Gotham's going to shit. Yeah. Um, and so they're three guys. Might as well have fun with this guy who has, like, whatever. But that, that's that's a little bit different than what I'm saying, though. What I'm saying is, like, yes, there there is always the possibility that people can be just fucking shitty, just vile people human beings in general, but it's hard to believe there's a lot of variety in people, you know, there's good people, there's bad people, and there's a million different shades in between, so in my day-to-day, I've never had a day where every single person that I meet is just a total asshole and just like, just, I don't know, doing shit like that you see in the movie, stealing signs and fucking... uh, trying to beat me up because I laugh weird or something like that, you know, you know, it's like, and... When you have a movie, you're portraying a certain idea, and when you just have every single character that you're experiencing for the most part be, like, a total dick and, like, be someone who's gonna, like, violently lash out at you for something, 
I don't know. It just kind of takes you out a little look because you feel like this world, every single person is a dick, whereas that sense of realism that really connects with you and really makes you, like, feel the movie because you really feel like it's real. I need a bit more variety, and I guess there was variety with certain characters, but even, like, Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne's considered, like, the good, you know... Uh, Thomas... Like, in the mythology of Batman, he's a good dude, obviously, because mm-hmm. he gave birth to Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne. Oh, no, he's always been considered charitable and always put Gotham first. Yeah, exactly. And even in that movie, he's, like, he's pretty... I won't say he's a dick, because he probably can tell that Arthur Flex is, you know, fucked up, but he's a little bit... Ru- he's, he's I don't know. He, like, there's a sense that he's kind of, like, looks down on the poor. Did you get that, too? Maybe that was just uh, me. I think, so... I think they did do the best portrayal of Thomas Wayne because Thomas Wayne has been known to be the person who put Gotham first. Yeah, he kind of looked like a bit of a dick, right? Yeah, so I think in this one, he probably uh, he probably did his role, but I don't think they've really portrayed that the best. You know it's almost going to be Alec Baldwin? <laughs> oh, actors. I don't know how... Uh, I probably would have preferred that. Really? I don't know. For this portrayal, I actually could see that work, Alec Baldwin, you know? Because the guy yeah. kind of looked like Alec Baldwin anyways. That's what I thought, actually. Anyways, yeah. um... What did you think about uh, another twist? The uh, potential that Bruce Wayne and Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. the Joker, were half-brothers. Oh, if that was true, I would have been a little slightly upset. <laughs> I would have <laughs> probably legitimately I thought, upset. I assume there was like some comic that like did that like play, and that was like the big twist or something. If there is, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. I don't know. That would have been... Yeah, that would have been insane. Fuck. Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't think I would enjoy it anymore. I think it's it's to me it's one of those things where it's like okay you can recon not recon you can like adapt something differently, but that would have been crossing the line. Yeah, like the Mandarin being an actor in Iron Man three. Well, speaking of the Mandarin, you know he's supposed to come back. Yeah, the Ten Rings. Yeah, uh, with uh, Shang Chi. Yeah, Shang Chi, first Asian Marvel superhero. I'm sure you're not excited at all. For yeah, me. I'll probably go to the premiere. Anyway, so <laughs> midnight premiere. Mm, well, nowadays it's like the seven o'clock premiere. Yeah, it's true. I like it, though, actually. It's, the When Star Wars The Force Awakens came out, I remember thinking nobody, like... I bought tickets the day of just because I feel like not a lot of people know that you can see movies, like... Really? Like, I feel like all the people... I feel like people know. I mean, obviously people know, but not a lot. Like, so when you hear a movie comes out, we'll say, like, December 25th, like, people... A lot of people think, oh, I can't see it until December 25th, but... People don't try to actually buy on December 24th and realize that there's showings at like 7 or 8. Yeah, and I try to do that sometimes if I can. Yeah, I would totally do it. Depends on the movie. But, uh, yeah, overall Joker. Um, that's uh, right. Recommend that, to watch. No, 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 I wanted to go back to the Arthur, the half-brother thing. That would be crazy. No, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know I don't how I like feel it. about it. I have mixed feelings. I'm kind of glad like they didn't do it. I'm so glad they didn't do it, so that's why I'm not bringing it up. I think... I, there is that, but you know how, like, do you remember in The Dark Knight how the Joker has that speech to Batman about, like, how something's drawing them together, like, they're gonna, like, forever be in this kind of relationship? Wouldn't it be kind of a cool, like, addition to, like, the reason that they're forever in this relationship is because they're bonded by blood in a weird way? I think that it takes away from the, it, it, it presents, so the point of Batman and Joker is because they're light and dark, right? But then yeah. because they're brothers, it throws in a gray. But it, you so, could also say that, like, you know, like, usually the same genetics. You don't usually have, you know, you don't have Abraham Lincoln and the Saddam Hussein part of the same family, you know, that type of thing. They're usually genetic, like, families, you don't typically have one insane person. So it would also have the sense of, like, it's not like your genetic code determines you to be a good or bad person. Like, anyone can be bad, you know? You could add that to it. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing is that, like, that, that becomes a different thing. That becomes a different argument. It doesn't become light and dark anymore. It becomes, like... Brother versus brother. Half-brother versus half-brother. Half-brother <laughs> totally different. But I only have half-brothers. It still becomes, like, brother versus brother in that sense. And so, that's why, like, I wouldn't be for it at all. And I'm so glad they didn't stick with that story. And that Bruce Wayne has absolutely no blood relation to Arthur Fleck. Or, yeah. uh, shoot, what are the other names for Joker? Shit, I forgot. I don't remember. No, but, I don't uh, just didn't remember. I totally forgot now. I heard but some yeah. people saying that their least favorite part of the movies were any tie to the Batman universe. You know? Like, when you brought in Bruce Wayne, when you brought in, like, Who Alfred. the hell said that? Uh, screen junkies. <laughs> screen junkies are wrong, then. They do movie reviews. Fight me! I don't know. So you didn't like it? You liked, you liked the, like, ties. The, like, when, when you see uh, Bruce Wayne's, the big moment where Bruce Wayne's parents 
for the millionth time in film die. <laughs> Did you actually like that? Yeah. Okay. I think it's just a, a, it's it's a blatant Easter egg. Yeah, of course, but nonetheless, it's still paying homage to yeah. This is Batman. This is it shows that they're tied, right? Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm not super strong. I don't have strong feelings either way. Oh, okay. On one hand, I think, I do, I do think it is cool because it is kind of nice, not nice, but like, it is good storytelling when like, the inciting act that made the Joker became the Joker is the same thing that inadvertently caused Batman by having his parents die. You know, I think that's kind of like good storytelling, but at the same time, it is like a scene you've seen a million times, you know, like, I feel like Spider-Man. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. So like, Spider-Man getting bit in like, Bruce Wayne's parents getting shot. Like, how many times have we seen those in film? Between Michael Keaton, Tobey Maguire, Christian Bale, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, I'm just naming all the actors in these. <laughs> yeah, so, Pen Affleck, anyways. Um, but you know, you know what I'm saying, no, right? I get what you're it's saying. It's done a million times. I get what you're saying, but I like it, this, their spin on this one is that they are combined, because in the original Batman universe, people thought, oh, Joker was the one that killed Bruce Wayne's parents. That was the original, original fan theory, right? Yeah. Or the, uh, comic book theory. Yeah. But then it became another character called Joe Chill, who yeah. wasn't really much of any... I think he was relevant for, like, maybe one small arc, but outside of that, he was really not relevant in the Batman universe after basically giving birth to Batman. He was in Batman Begins, his character. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like, besides, like, his role in the overall universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in this case, it was, oh, it was incited... By the Joker as rich versus poor, mm-hmm. and so that's why I'm like, all right, sweet. They've put they intertwined it in a way that's like, all right, cool. I can see that. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Um, ten out of ten would recommend. Not my score, but I'm just saying I would definitely recommend to anybody to watch it. I definitely recommend it. If you I like dark stuff, <laughs> actually, no. This is the first movie where I felt like this was the right amount of darkness. Really, I'm happy. Like, do you usually feel like there's not enough? <laughs> exactly, and people think I'm a little messed up. Like what, in chapter two? <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty happy movie. Oh, so my friend who was like critical <laughs> about my opinion. Believe you no, it I had a friend that was like critical about it when I was like, eh, keep your expectations low. She came to me, and she didn't explicitly say that I was right, but she was like, yeah, it was not like how I imagined it at all. What, that it would be? Creepy. I think it was... Fuck, you guys know, was, fucked up, man. There were so many creepy-ass scenes in that movie. <laughs> I was it was had, like, one happy ending, but it doesn't mean the whole movie was happy. It, felt, it made me feel good about That's myself. the recency effect. You Joker, really... Joker made me feel like, damn. It Chapter 2 made me feel like I feel warm and fuzzy. Dude, fuck that. No, there was so... Okay, there was not one scary moment of Joker. Joker was just, like, psychologically, like, dark, but, like, It Chapter 2 had moments of, like, ugh, just, like... I mean, it had a happy ending, but I just think of it as more of a balanced movie. See, going back to balance, that's why that ties into my critique about how, like, everybody was just a dick and joker. That's one thing that kind of took me out of it. I like variety, Joe. Variety's a spice of life, as they say. And there's a variety in this movie in the sense as a whole. Hmm? Because it's a dark movie. Not really. <laughs> that was a, that was a variety. Was dark? Well, no, I mean, like, I there's keep... no variety if it's just dark. Oh, I keep hearing, uh, oh, okay, well, I'm saying, well, I'm saying, like, overall in Hollywood... This oh, is, yeah, okay, right. that's true. So yeah, I'm yeah. taking it as a bigger picture. That's true. What other movies are you excited for, Jeff? Let's let's uh, give a taste of what's to come. Frozen 2. <laughs> really? A little bit. Okay, there's a variety. Frozen 2 is pretty tough. That's, that's the most opposite movie of Joker you could probably see. Um, oh, another question. The idea of a, a sequel. Joaquin Phoenix said he'd be up for it. And we'll ask two questions. The idea of a sequel and the idea of Batman being, like, invited into this universe. Not Robert Pattinson's Batman, because everyone's been pretty clear that's not happening. But a Batman. How would you feel? Um, I, I'd rather not answer that question. I'd rather have Warner Brothers and DCEU really address what is the overarching story of DCEU. That's what I'm more concerned about. I, you can make, you can pump out great movies. Yes. But I would like to know as a fan, do I take this part as a universe? Do I take this as a separate standalone movie? At this point, I think it is a standalone movie. But I get the impression there's not going to be a universe of the movie. I get the impression they just literally wanted to make one movie and use like DC characters. That's fine. 
I just want a clear cut. Like, is this yeah. part of the DCU? Is it not? Because right now DCU is in hiatus. I'd say it's definitely know. not part of the DCU. Sure, that's fine. But um, I I just want to know like if there is going to be a continuation, are they going to try to make it connected, or they're just going to make a whole entire separate Batman universe separate of the DCU and scrap everything? Even though Wonder Woman two is coming out, so Suicide Squad is coming out. That's all part of the DCU. The Joker is not. So it's and like Shazam too. Yeah. So like. All this stuff is coming out, and then you have this. Yeah. So it's not like where Netflix and Disney had like a separate universe. That was clear cut. Yeah. Whereas this is... No, this is all being pumped out by the same studio. I'm more concerned is, is that sequel going to tie into the other universe? Well, I'm no? telling okay, you, guys, cool. it's not. Well, yeah, but I'm, I would just like to be very clear of them to just straight up and say, this is our plan, we're going to actually stick to it for once, and we hope you all love it, because we're actually pumping out good movies now. Because right now they're like... I'll confidently tell you it's not part of the... <laughs> it's a separate thing that may have a sequel. My opinion. Okay, cool. That's then, my opinion. Then, but then, from what I've heard, at least Todd Phillips. But I, you know what I also think too? I think it's kind of like they're doing the opposite of Marvel where they like didn't have a plan and they're just kind of going like... You know, like the, like the DCU when they originally like brought this up, they had a big plan of like how it'll like work. And for the first movie, uh, first few movies, it didn't work. So then they kind of scrapped that plan early on. So I think they're kind of going with the flow. You know what I mean? Like, see how the movie goes, and then we'll figure out if there's a shared universe later. That's the impression I get. Yeah, I don't really care if it's a sequel or not. As long as it's good, it's good. Yeah. But I'd rather know that, like, all right, what is coming out is part of that universe. Yeah. Period. That's all I want to know. Because right yeah. now you have, you're rebooting Batman. And yeah. if you look at it, there's three different Batman consistently. Yeah. Uh, in, in this consistent time. Yeah. So that's why, like, I don't care if there's a sequel. I just want to know if it's consistent. That's Are it. you open-minded to the Robin Pattinson? Do you think you'll see I don't it? care anymore. At first, I was against it, and now I'm just, just make the damn movie. I don't care anymore. You think it'll be good? Make or, if, so, do you think there's a possibility you could like it if it's done well? Or do you yeah, think it, like, you, it's not, like, a thing where, like, you can't accept it to be good? If, I mean, everyone hated on Ben Affleck. I didn't hate on him. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm willing to give him a shot. Turns out to be my favorite Batman. Turned out to be a lot of people's More favorite More than Batman. Christian Bale? Really? Yeah, I really didn't care about Christian Bale. I felt like really? Christian Bale. And during, wow. Okay. I like Christian Nolan's Batman was not really Batman. It was Batman's friends and Batman. Well, Bat- I guess if you're a big fan of Batman, I can see that. Like, for me, I just, like, know the basic story. I just wanted a good movie. I don't care which characters you use. So I think that's why. But, well, they did I mean, that. Are, you pretty, are you pretty, like, up on the comics, I guess? Yeah. So that's probably why, because you had those expectations, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so my expect- yeah. So that's why. So in terms of sequel, if it's good, it's good. If it's Robert Pattinson, yeah, it's kind of weird and it's easy to make fun of Twilight Boy <laughs> and Sparkle Pants, but um, as long as it's good, Sparkle Pants. He sparkles. That's all I remember. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I never saw. I just know he was made fun of. That. I don't know. He sparkles. He's pale as fuck in Twilight. But do you see that other horror movie that there's a trailer for? Which one? The Lighthouse or something like that. No. Yeah, it's got Willem Dafoe, the guy who played, uh, played Green Goblin in uh, the first Spider-Man, and Robert Pattinson. Actually looks really creepy in a weird way. I think you actually might like that one. I mean, people have told me that in his other works, he's actually a decent actor, so like... Yeah, that's what I've heard There's too. no way that he he can like... Like, people are, are giving him too much crap. Yeah. I don't know why they keep choosing controversial choices with Batman. Like, it seems like they're just like shooting themselves in the foot. Well, Ben Affleck was actually a good choice. People loved him. Henry Cavill. No, but you know what I mean? Like, ev- like, there was so much backlash. Like, as soon as it was announced, everybody was, like, freaking out about it. My, my thing is, too, that I think with superhero movies, I think it's better when you announce somebody like like they did for Shang-Chi. Like, not many people have heard of him. He's kind of on the up and coming, you know? Oh, if you're in the Asian community, he's insanely popular. If you're not part is of the it? Asian community, you don't know who Okay, is. well, Chadwick Boseman. Do you think he's that popular for Black who Panther? Who the hell is he? Black Panther. <laughs> I guess that answers my question. Yeah. I'm not part of that community. I don't care. <laughs> you can be part of it, Jeff. I see. I'm not. <laughs> uh, no, okay. Like, all right. What's a good example? Fuck. Um, Chris Hemsworth. When Chris Hemsworth was first Thor, nobody knew Chris Hemsworth. Something like that, you know? Oh, yeah. When you announce, like, Ben Affleck, like, when you have an A-lister announced as a superhero, that's what kind of, like, that I'm like, uh, I don't know. That's when I don't get into it as much. Like. It depends, because Ben Affleck had a he- bad history of, like, superhero stuff so that's why people hated him daredevil well yeah people hate daredevil but then like if you ask people critics now 
They would say, actually, it's not that bad. That's funny. Honest trailer said the exact opposite. <laughs> they really hate that movie. No, yeah, they gave so much crap to it, but if you talk to people, actually... You mean, like, regular people, not Yeah, critics. they thought that Daredevil was actually okay. I never actually hated it. I, it it's very of the times, you know what I mean? It's yeah. very, like... So, I don't know what... Two, was... The early 2000s were new metal and, like, and like super, like, cheesy Matrix ripoff. Yeah, and effects. I don't know why people were like, this is such a bad movie. Oh, shut up. I bet you liked it when it first came out. Yeah, exactly. It's not like... You didn't have, like, this big MCU that we have now, so back in the day, those were, like... I don't know, those were, like, cool for the time. Yeah, so it's... Exactly, so when people were giving flack to Ben Affleck, I'm like... Ben oh, Affleck. Sh- shut up. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, I feel you. So on that note, what better note to end on than Ben Affleck, right? <laughs> yeah, hey, I actually said something nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. End it on a nice note. Just like, just like It Chapter 2. This yeah. is a touchy-feely yeah. podcast. Damn positive now. movie. <laughs> I feel good about myself. Well, that means this is a touchy-feely podcast now, because we ended on a positive note. Anyways, <laughs> thank you for listening to the Underpaid and Underqualified. Ha, got that name right. Hey, good for you. With your host, John Vince. We're going to fall asleep now. Good night. Snuggles. That was weird.